welcome to the Deep Into Movies podcast. My name is Stephen T. Hanley. I'm the founder and lead curator of Deep Into Movies. We are a pop-up cinema based in London and New York. Today on the podcast, I am joined by my pal, Mia Khalifa. Mia is a jewelry designer and founder of Shaytan, fashion influencer, and I don't TikTok, but I hear she has millions of TikTok followers. She's very good at that. So this was recorded in London in the summer. She was in town for Fashion Week, and we recorded this in her hotel whilst having tea. I've said it before, but this is my favorite type of podcast where it's just freewheeling. There's no real agenda or film to discuss. We just spoke about our mutual love of movies, the cinema going experience, our letterbox top tens, Batman, and we fucking got into it over Christopher Nolan. And just to clear one thing up, we spoke about Batman, the animated series, and the movie I was trying to remember was Batman Mask of a Phantasm from 1993 featuring the late great Kevin Conroy as the voice of Batman slash Bruce Wayne. So here is me and Mia Khalifa. Check, check. Do a check. Check, check. One, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah, nothing coming through. Okay. <clears throat> Air is good. Yeah, this is so mobile. I This is impressive. Yeah, the Zoom. Well, this is the first ever mobile pod recorder. Wow. It's like 100 pound. It's really good. That's it? Yeah. It's like your own pod. No. 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 no, no. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, everybody wants it. It's, it's, everybody wants it. No one, the Thank world you. doesn't need a single more podcast. That is the last thing the world fucking needs. I would, I would rather die than start a podcast. That's a great way to start. Let's start oh, there. <laughs> no, it is. That's a good, that's a good first line. <laughs> Except this one, this one, this one. This is important, to, obviously. Yeah, this is important. Yeah. This one needs to be out there. Yeah, it already is and I can't be stopped. I, I have nothing but time on my hands. So Love that. continuing. So I always ask people, what kind of teenager were you? I was, I was a bit of, no, not a bit. I was very much a loner. I didn't have very many friends. Um, I played a little World of Warcraft. I really loved um, like Green Day, Foo Fighters, all that stuff. And I really loved watching movies and TV what movies what were your go-to favorite what were your comfort movies exactly that's <laughs> my comfort movies were edward scissorhands and um pirates of the caribbean and um moulin rouge i was obsessed with and when i say comfort movies i mean like like i would 
watch it and then as soon as it end rewind watch it again same with the harry potters um that was kind of like my rotation because i didn't get the opportunity to see too many new movies mm-hmm. with the harry potters i've rewatched now and i only go to four no you're like my friend who only thought four existed no i know i, I don't want the darkness to after that they get so no! fucking dark oh that i God, i've seen them watch all of I've seen all of them, but now I just wanted to end where I wanted to. I, I made my you own can't ending. Control life, <laughs> exactly. Life no. has darkness. You have to watch it the whole way through. Harry had to live it. Yeah, the last two when they just the one where they where they're on the run for the. God, those the, are incredible. They are incre- very heavy. Too though. heavy. They're very heavy. So I just like to keep it at the, the Hogwarts era. <laughs> kind of the same with Buffy. I like it to I, end I at the high school era. Uh, yeah, once Sirius Black dies, that they just like free fall into into heartbreak. Because J.K. was going, I think she lost like her parents in quick succession, and then I think she was just like, "Right, kids, you're all gonna feel <laughs> what I'm feeling. Yeah, <laughs> We're we'll all feel- gonna suffer." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything you love dies. Damn. <laughs> you know, part two. So yeah, <laughs> I, I stopped that. Dies part two. That's yeah. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. And what TV, what was your go-to TV shows? Lost. Really? Yeah, I was obsessed with Lost. Yeah. Um, Pushing Daisies. I love Desperate Housewives. Anything I could watch on the ABC Player app, because that's what I had access to <laughs> when that back when that existed. And were you renting? Were you, were you downloading? Were you buying DVD? Were you, we got it... to rent movies once a week. Um, Blockbuster and then Redbox. And it was always really, really exciting when we got to go to the movies. Um, it the movies is one of my favorite places in the world, like the actual cinema and the popcorn and the whole experience of it all. Do you have a set seat? Do you have a sound I mean, place? Everyone, to... everyone loves center, middle, like the ideal viewing position. But I, these days I like to be more like three fourths of the way up and then closer to the, to the end of the rows. Out or in? On the right side. Towards the stair, like. Yeah, exactly. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. In and out, easy and quick. We'll bleep it out because I don't want to spoil my spot. But I like the aisle like you or right at the back, just below the projector. Oh, I love the back. I, I think that's the, for me, I think that's the sweet spot. Yeah. Of the, just above the beam where it really hits. Oh, that's beautiful. I can see, I can see like that. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah. What do you mean we'll bleep it out, though? Are these state secrets? Should I not be giving my spot away? Can no, you bleep no, we, mine we, we, out? You, yours can be out We'll the... just bleep out this entire 45 you're interna- seconds you're, you're international, so it's kind of more this for my London audience. I don't want to find a bunch of oh, okay, that's fair. fans that's fair. in my seats. Okay. I think I'm delusional. But <laughs> <laughs> no, now I'm worried. Ever. I want mine bleeped out, too. <laughs> okay. We'll just AI generate something else for you for you to say at I'm this point. but. Did you have an idea what you wanted to be when you grew up? I knew I wanted to do something in the realm of of history because um, I always felt I, I I majored in history in in college and it was because reading the textbooks felt like watching a movie in my head and I that that was really exciting for me. Um, so yeah, I wanted to work in a museum archiving shit or in a library archiving shit or any job away from actual people where I could just be alone. <laughs> I always wanted to work in a library. I was really? Yeah, I always thought it was so quiet and nice. Exactly. To... Me too. Me too. Or like the the back room of somewhere. I just wanted to be not in an office, not near people, not... Yeah. I never knew my library had a kind of a real quiet presence. Yeah. It was really a, calming too. Yeah. 
with a slash a little bit of melancholy maybe and oh my stuff. god i love that and, and i was like i feel seen <laughs> relatable content <laughs> yeah you know because i'd come in there with my big hey where's the horse and i sorry so what are you looking for oh my god the and montgomery so county public library was a safe haven shout out to them i should donate to them i should support your public library i haven't thought about that in a while thanks for bringing that up my library had a cinema attached to it. What? It had a one-screen cinema attached to it, which was just spectacular. That's awesome. There's a there's there's a place where I live in Miami that that's it's not attached to a library, but it's an arts cinema that only has one one like screen, one one room and um and does like really really cool things that also surround books because they're across from a niche bookshop in Miami. Um so shout out to Books and Books and the Miami Arts Cinema because I feel like that's a really, really cool combination. Yeah, absolutely. And how are you discovering stuff as a teenager? Did you have like a... I had a cool older brother, which was like my gateway to oh, lucky. good shit. Unfortunately, but... I'm the oldest, so I'm the cool older sister. Right. <laughs> so how um, are you discovering stuff? I was... I did, my music taste came predominantly from an older cousin who um, was kind of a bully. He actually destroyed my good chart. Tea. No, let's go. Yeah. Oh, okay, perfect. The tea has arrived. Um, I, I got a good Charlotte CD when I was like 12 years old and he broke it right in front of my face and then took my iPod and loaded it with a bunch of music I should be listening to, quote unquote. And he was completely right in that because it formed my taste for the rest of my life. The second part is like, breaking the CD, that's fucked up. Yeah, no, he was a complete, like he was mean. He was a bully. When CDs cost like $20 type yeah, And it was of, a yeah. gift I got for Christmas. Oh, that's deep. But I also got the iPod for Christmas. So he... okay. I mean, I still would have loved to have both of them. He didn't have to destroy the CD, but um, it was through that. And then um, my taste in movies came from came from just like other friends, older siblings who yeah. were letting us watch things with them. What kind of things were you get, getting from them? Train spotting was my was my gateway into film. There was a weekend when I was about fifteen where Interview with a Vampire came out the first weekend. Then I saw Leon, and then I saw Trainspotting. Oh, my God. Wow. That was a great run. That explains the melancholy. Deeply. <laughs> just... Everything is coming to light. Yeah, this yeah, makes yeah. Sense. Yeah, just goth dramatics and vampires yeah. and Scottish drug addicts. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, but what I was so – I was so obsessed with Trainspotting when I found out it was based on a novel, and I went to read it, and the novel is written. How is that for you? It was a... so – it was so fucking cool. And that was my gateway into British culture. Right. Because after that, I, I, I got into, um, uh, what, what's the West Ham movie? Um, Football Factory? Uh, no, Don't no, say Green. Green Street Hole again. Oh, that, oh, it's so bad, but like... That- accent is what the fuck oh my god i, I no. still don't understand that didn't accent. he win an award in for worst accent ever in the in the anti-award show the valid, one that's like the worst valid totally i hate to be a hater but, that but he's a, a terrible, good he's a good actor. although although to be fair his normal speaking accent sounds like a fake combination of every accent in existence have you heard him speak like just normally no only it in, sounds like a fake accent i've only seen him like in sons of anarchy and stuff like that oh god the american accent is even more he's just bad at, he's a good actor but he's bad at accent. That's why he's bad at accents. He's Australian, though. No, he's a Geordie. He is? He's a Geordie, yeah. And they just, they, in, they just naturally, sa- not me insulting Geordies. On my- <laughs> I know, my Sarah, my partner, is, is a Geordie. She just turned around and gave me death eyes. Oh, I'll tell you something funny. When Trainspotting came out, I was really into 
drama at school and every year we had to take a of course they did drama yeah so we had to every year we'd have to go see a play so i have to yeah it was it it was like the school it was a school yearly outing for the drama club you go see a play so the year before that I, i convinced them to go see stephen king's misery in the theater which just really fucked everyone oh up. Oh my god! They didn't. They didn't read into it. They, they didn't read the synopsis when no, booking the tickets. No, they were just like, oh. And then I like. I guess they didn't have the internet booking back then because it's a Rob Reiner movie. Oh my god! And he also directed when Harry Met Sally. So obviously, I cut out all the Stephen King info <gasps> and just said it's a, it's, it's, it's a Rob Reiner. So they're thinking, you know, cute New York romantic comedy type of thing. That is so. Well, funny. the title is Misery. Also, let the record reflect that. <laughs> you know. They, oh my god! So I didn't see that. And then the next year, it was a new drama teacher, so I convinced her to go see Train Spotting. And they knew they knew it was getting buzzed. They knew there was like Blair and Pulp were on the soundtrack for the movie, and they were like, "So we took everyone." And then twenty minutes in, there's that scene where the worst toilet in Scotland. No, even worse when the guy finds out he's HIV positive with oh, the needle. Oh, that's so sad. And so they, they they do this scene where he gets the results and he just wanders onto the stage naked. And then I'm gonna all boys with him. So, oh my god, what the fuck? What the fuck? And my teacher's looking like, what the fuck have you taken us to? And I was like, can't leave now. Oh my god, no, you can't walk out of the no. It's rude. And then she caught me in the bar, in the intermission, having a wine, and she was just like. I can't even fucking deal with I'm just, I'm, I didn't see this and I'm just walking out and oh my god I think we are the same person because I was I, just living my like fear I, I thought I was like you know like the kid in Rushmore just living my <laughs> theater land realness just having you know a, a wine in the intermission we are that, that's all of us <laughs> um, I also gaslit someone into going to see Equus when I was 16 years old on wow Broadway. yep and it was it stemmed from my Harry Potter obsession. I had heard about it. it. The news had not gotten to them about what what happened in it. And this, but although I was, oh, was out. this a Daniel Radcliffe production? Yeah, no, right. not no. his production. It was his. It was his Broadway appearance, and he also did a stint on what's your Broadway here? What's it called? West End. West End. Yeah, yeah. It it started here, and then it went to Broadway for a little bit, and I got to catch it when I was sixteen, and it was really exciting. I I'm it, that's really cool that that you're a theater kid. I always wanted to be a theater kid, but the theater kids were cool. In my school, they were like the coolest kids. They were the they were it was <laughs> it was like an anti rom com. The theater kids were the coolest. The ones who were in AP classes were the coolest. The ones who were like on the fast track to Ivy League were the coolest. It wasn't the skaters and the stoners and like those kids that were cool. <laughs> we weren't cool. No, no, the theater kids were fucking That's cool. Crazy. They were That's talented. Cool. What do you mean? Everyone looked at them like superstars. They were literally talented. And they knew it. You know what it was? Maybe it was growing in the Northeast, growing up in the Northeast in America. Yeah. Things were, things, there was different priorities. Have you seen the TV show The Inbetweeners? No. Oh, but I know of it. If you ever want to see what British school is like, that's the most realistic depiction you can get of British skins? No. No, that that show's ridiculous, but (laughs) I, I liked it, but yeah, that show is absolutely ridiculous.
This episode is brought to you by our pals at Mubi. Mubi is a curated streaming service dedicated to elevating great cinema. I've been a Mubi subscriber for years and I'm going to dig into the Mubi UK catalog and pull out some gems for you. Here we go. Oh, easy. Number one, The Innocent by Louis Garrel. I love this movie. It's like a comedy, crime caper, Eurodrama, and Louis Garrel has just got one of the best faces in cinema. He's so handsome and charming. So that's number one. Two, Steve McQueen has got a new movie coming out widows i love this this is steve mcqueen doing a big michael mann style crime drama and i loved it i love steve mcqueen on a genre flex that was wonderful how have i not seen this yet strange way of life by pedro almodovar starring ethan Hawke and pedro pascal 25 minute drama i've got to watch this okay that's my top three here's the good bit you can watch all these movies and more for free for 30 days just go to movie.com slash deeper into movies for 30 days of movie for free Let's get into it. Last time we were talking on Instagram, we were arguing about Christopher Nolan. Arguing, yeah. And I said Dunkirk is a masterpiece. You're shaking your head. Yeah. And you you said maybe that's my lowest Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, I, I, have, let's, I have let's my Nolan's this, ranked. Let's also. hash this out and just hopefully move past it. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. D- you know what it is for me? It's. I think that he really develops characters emotionally beautifully and i'm very attached to the characters that that he writes that i have a personal connection to and even though i i thought dunkirk was a visual masterpiece i i appreciated tenet more so even though the plot was looser and a lot harder to follow if not near impossible it was just a showcase of like just a flex of everything he could do with practical effects practical stunts everything so uh, that's what I appreciated from Tenet more than Dunkirk even though Dunkirk was a better storyline it just wasn't it wasn't for me I'm not I'm 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 drawn to his movies for those emotional connections and also for for the for the groundbreaking things he does and yeah Dunkirk Dunkirk just didn't do it for me I'm, I will stand by that. <laughs> okay, okay. We, we Compared can... to Interstellar, like these um, these movies that that wrench you emotionally, Dunkirk is not up there for me. I'm sorry. For me, it was the perfect capsule of all his time editing. Tenet did that for me. That was his. Tenet that was, was his inaudible. greatest flex. No, Tenet, I couldn't hear anything. Oh my god, Tenet's sound mixing was 
horrendous, but we're not talking about sound mixing right now. But if if anything, Dunkirk sound mixing with the with the bombs and everything, that one was so loud. No, he likes I, a loud I, movie. I, I, I like know the, that going in. I like the ticking of a Dunkirk. You know why you're gonna have to bleep this too? It's because you're sitting right next to the fucking speakers. <laughs> so why did explain to me the audio choice for Tenet? How do you justify I will or, not justify or, that. Or I didn't say Tenet was a perfect movie. I said I rank it higher because I'm more I'm more emotionally drawn to it. I thought I thought it was also Could mm, you like, could you hear the dialogue or, the, or barely, but I watch everything with subtitles. Right. <laughs> I could barely hear anything and unfortunately because it was the pandemic I didn't get to see it in theaters. I and I I, I love watching films so I have a pretty good surround I have a very good surround sound system at home, but it's not the same as watching yeah. it in in you know practical spatial audio so i can't judge it based off of how you saw it i could fix my settings at home a little bit but i still i still think that his weakest point in film is is his sound mixing but it's it's a it's a choice that's how he prefers it so it's not like it's not like he fucked up it's just simply we don't agree with it and we don't like it yeah no it was a decision for sure it it, it, it wasn't like he just hit the mute button by mistake or something and the Batman movies, how do you rank them? I rank them. I actually have in my top ten all time. I have three Chris Nolan movies, and one of them is is the Batman movies. I rank them in order, and this is a cold take. Batman Begins is number one for me. Agreed. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. and then it's Dark Knight, and then it's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the sound was so fucking loud; it was scary, and I am also an extremely traumatized individual i'm very jumpy so like even in the theater i'm constantly like jumping and scared and and all of that and his his films have like i need a straight jacket to not throw my popcorn over like over my head they're very loud it's it's a lot it's a lot i know that it's not how he wants us to watch them but i prefer watching a lot of them at home yeah obviously i show movies and i'm obsessed with the theatrical experience but the real larry david in me Likes a half empty cinema. Um, a, a half empty cinema. Yeah, a half empty cinema. I oh, will go are. to a nine a.m. showing on a Wednesday, months after something came out, for a fully empty cinema. In fact, I bought every seat in the entire cinema for Oppenheimer so that I could watch it by no. myself. Yes, I how did. How much did that cost you? I'm not going to say how much oh, that cost me, but it was an IMAX theater. Jesus Christ. That's a flex. Did you, you do a private? Understand. Did you do a private booking? Or did they you... wouldn't let me because it was opening day. So what they what they said was we can't stop you from buying every ticket and every, like it, we haven't sold a single one and, and like okay. they're out for presale. So how that's long, what how long did. did that? Did you? Is there a minimum? Sorry, ten I'm, at I'm... a time. Ten at a time. Okay. It took three hours. <laughs> Shout out to Sam, my assistant, who sat there painstakingly do it, doing it for me. So thank you for that, Sam. Um, but I went with with two of my friends and it was it was I. It I it was the best like honestly that to me is better than a like four day vacation somewhere right that was that was me healing my inner child that is something that I did for myself and I didn't realize how much I appreciated it until I had until I was actually there it was an incredible experience incredible that's like a succession flex <laughs> right there <laughs> we also dressed up in Oppenheimer like era wonderful <laughs> it's so fun. There has been the Larry David and me that when I buy a, if I book a couch in my favorite seat, that I want to buy the one to the left and the one to the right. I just so. do that. 
I always do that anyway. I'm not I'm not sitting there thinking the whole time cuz I'm a very neurotic person so I would be sitting there the entire time thinking about like don't lean your elbow too far don't do this or someone next to you like I need the seat next next to me empty yeah. or someone I know next to me or if someone comes in you know like in a ridiculous fucking top hat yeah. I'm like don't sit but don't that's sit. what I didn't want to risk in Oppenheimer yeah. I didn't want to risk some old person coughing the whole time some teenager talking like I wasn't nah have mm-hmm. you shushed people before no of course not I love a shush I'm not going to draw attention to myself. Right, right, right. That's, no, no. People in Florida have concealed weapons license. You don't shush anyone. Okay, I, I love a shush. It's a very British thing just to do a... You're going to get shot in America for shushing. <laughs> <laughs> I was once watching Tom Ford's Nocturnal Animals. And there was an old couple who were sitting a few rows in front. And then one of them took out their phone. They must have texted their girlfriend just saying, we're in the cinema. They joined them. Then two more joined them. Into the movie? Yeah. I I feel we should lock the doors in cinemas once it starts. And they were just talking. And my girlfriend reminds me of this all the time that I just flipped it. For the love of God, woman. No, you did not. Yeah, this is old British man just comes out of me. I'm like, for the love of God, woman. Oh my God. You know, the the sound, the the dialogue in that movie was very hard to, was very hard to hear also, especially in the present, in the present day um, timeline. So I don't blame you for shushing during that movie. It was valid. Yeah. It was totally valid. I felt good about that one. How do you feel about the Batman? No. Really? No. It didn't do it for me. It didn't do it for me. And and you know what I realized? I am a Batman comics fan and I am a Chris Nolan fan. Right. All of the other Batman films, I if if I had to rewatch a movie, that's not what I would go to. And I rewatch the Nolan Batman's they are my emotional support films. What are you, what are your favorite eras of Batman comics? Like the 90s series um the <laughs> They did. It wasn't. It wasn't very popular. But they did a like a like a Killing Joke animation adaption of the book. I saw that. It was incredible. That's that's one of my favorites. Um, and then the the Nolan Batman's. Yeah. Other than that, it's. it's I mean, the in series, comic world, the animated series. Do you like animated series? Is yeah. Incredible. Like the ninety. Oh my god. What, what's the name of the voice actor that died last year? That voice tone? Oh, the guy who did the Joker? No, no, no. The guy who voiced Batman in the series. Oh, I don't know. He he died last year or earlier this year. And wasn't Mask of the Phantom? Was that for... What's the... the I keep on guessing. Is it Mark, Mask of the Phantasm? Is that what I'm thinking of? Which one? The Batman animated feature. I think so. That was really good. From the animated series. With with the same guy who voiced him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, he's like the he's he's what you think of when you think of like the Batman the the Batman voice. Not Christian Bale. I, I'm okay. I with mean it's the, like it's iconic. It is iconic, but you know, it's still the butt of a lot of jokes. It's a choice. It was yeah, and he said that. He said it's yeah. a choice. He said you can't put that on and not like not put on that voice. He's like as soon as I put on the costume I, I, I just came with it and it kind of works with him he's dressing up especially in the other when he's dressing up he's 
almost cosplaying as a superhero and stuff that he I mean is this Batman technically cosplaying a superhero because he doesn't have actual superpowers he just has money maybe that's why I like that that's maybe where I've always been a yeah he's attainable you just have to (laughs) you just have to invest in tech or something yeah but he was always be a nepo baby yeah and then kill your parents wasn't there that meme that they were saying that judging by the timeline of a movie that his parents left after seeing Shrek or something (laughs) It was, a, it was a really good. See, I... <laughs> yeah, they were seeing Shrek in theaters, <laughs> in, in that theater. Yeah, just go see Shrek and get shot on the street. That's... Oh my god! I saw on Instagram you were hanging out with Chris Hanley. Yes, because I'm a Hanley, so I'm always. Are you related? We're trying to work this out. Oh, I, I have hope you so. done twenty three and me? No, you should do it. Well, I, I need to find out if I. Own the right spring yeah. breakers. Um, yeah. Met Chris and Roberta. Yeah. That was so fucking cool. She is an icon. And you know, <laughs> the coolest thing about it is when we when we pulled up, they had Inception on the TV and they were watching it. They Fives. were halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. They were halfway through watching it and it was paused. And I was like, You're watching Inception? She's like, Yeah, we're prepping for Oppenheimer. I was like, I fucking love you. I love you. He's so fascinating that guy he was he was a24 before a24 yeah exactly his whole there is production company there yeah there it's it's them two together yeah 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 she she actually wrote the screenplay for american psycho and then it was handed off and taken out of her hands and done a disjustice with that but because we screened um virgin suicides with the for the new sophia coppola book and I was reading that Chris read the book and was like, we're going to buy the rights for it. The same with American Psycho, that they just see things years before anyone else. And then some like Nick Gomez, this kind of Quentin Tarantino wannabe filmmaker, got opted to do the screenplay. And then just around the time Sophia Coppola read the book, I was like, I need to make this movie. And then she spoke to Chris and he was like, I'm sorry, this guy's already writing it. And they were kind of like, but he's a bro. Why is he? He's a bro. Exactly. And then he wrote the script and then they sent it back and Chris was kind of like, this sucks. And then it's kind of funny because the whole, one of the whole themes of the book is the boy is trying to understand the girls. And he was like, this man does not understand women. (laughs) That is, that's so poetic, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And then I I think he said, look, it's going to get, caught up in studio bullshit because the script is bad so he said give it a while and i think it's just gonna come back round to you so it came back round, and then he opted it for her that's is... amazing i'm 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 very glad it went to her i i, I rewatched that recently also in preparation i mean there was just so much i was getting so many instagram ads that i went on a sofia coppola a rewatch are you excited for priscilla hugely i'm so excited for it especially hearing all of the anti-elvis like themes at first when i heard it i was like well my first reaction was like it was like shit this is really weird timing with elvis and i'm like no wait this is perfect timing and then the more i think about it priscilla is such a sophia coppola character yeah the same with marianne toinette and lost in translation which is kind of like sophia's avatar and stuff i'm like this is perfect and she kind of just said look my dad is pretty much the Elvis of movies, so imagine being in. She is his the shadow. Antith- all his, uh, she's and- the antithesis of of anything he does. Yeah, it's 
love that love that vibe for an eldest daughter i i identify with that heavily (laughs) and what's your favorite sophia movie virgin suicides but to be honest i didn't get into her until i was a lot older because i felt very alienated from her movies it was very white girl heavy and like four blonde hair blue-eyed girls yeah um and it wasn't until I got older and I could like kind of detach myself from that and I and and rewatch them and appreciate them. Um, but I would say Virgin Suicides, but I think it's going to be Priscilla the same way I knew it was my favorite was going to be Oppenheimer before I even saw it. Really? Everything about it okay. I am so excited for. And I'm so excited that that Priscilla actually had such a heavy hand in it. Yeah. And she consulted with her so much. So I just know this is going to be the best Sofia Coppola movie of all time. People disagree, but I think somewhere oh, no. is my favorite. Oh, that! Oh, I thought you were gonna say people disagree no. with with this one going to be good. No, that's your favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Okay. Really stoned, really melancholic. I like movies set in hotels. Oh, okay. And it's a weird. That's a niche trope. <laughs> <laughs> the subject the hotel shop genre. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, no. I think it's. I like ones set in airport terminals. <laughs> Really? I actually do because I love I love an airport. My favorite thing is to is to is to travel. Yeah, no, there's something weird about hotels that is kind of romantic and lonely. Yeah, yeah, there so, is there is a bit of a sadness to them. No matter how nice it is, there's always a little bit of sadness to to the same, a hotel. The same with airports. Yeah, you know when the uh, Brian Eno made his album music for airports. Oh, it, it was so melancholic that i think it was commissioned as a piece for the airport which airport could afford brian eno i don't know let me dubai international (laughs) it's one of the american airports and then he made it and then they said this is just so fucking haunting oh my god and sad you need to turn this shit off because it is kind of people leaving or people in uh in a limbo state they're either coming or going but they're kind of in between and he's like, people think the plane's going to crash or they're just sad that they're leaving their boyfriends and girlfriends at home when we have to turn this music off <laughs> after Aww. like a couple of weeks. Damn, what a waste. Well, no, not a waste. At least at least we got that Brian, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Chris Hanley brought karaoke as we know it to the States? And How? To he bought the early players that i think were karaoke as you know it with the corny video and the lyrics bouncing down but i think there were it was either a cd or dvd discs full of the tracks and anyway he saw the boxes and thought this could be a thing and he's i don't know the full fact but here's the reason that they went across japan and to the karaoke bars really yeah wow thank you for that then yeah, that's iconic because the, I mean, the best thing to do on a night in LA is go to a karaoke bar yeah. in Japan Town. Yeah, no, he's incredible, and he has the biggest collection of glasses in the. Have you seen his eyewear collection? No, I haven't. Uh, no, no, we were, no. <laughs> okay, I sound like a Stan or <laughs> or a stalker, but you are a Stan. That's totally fine. Well, I was always so. Well, it sounds so corny, but when I was a teenager watching like Virgin Suicides or kids like Larry Clark movies or Buffalo 66 and then American Psycho, Spring Breakers. It was seeing someone with my surname as a producer. I was like, this is gives me hope for 
doing something in movie world if a Hanley somewhere can oh, I love get that. there. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, this is really... He opened the doors for the Hanleys. Yeah. Now I just need to do a DNA test and find out yeah. if I'm a Nepo baby at 40. Exactly. <laughs> it's never too late to find out. Obviously, you were in Rami. Do you want to act more? Do you get offers? I, 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 I would not be opposed to it. Um, I think I, I should hone... <laughs> the craft a little more um but yeah that's something i'm i'm very open to honestly just just being on a set is the most exciting thing in the world i i've I've always said that um i i grew up like really being obsessed with shows like saturday night live and 30 rock and and sketch comedy like the Chappelle show and my dream has always just to been a just to be a fly in the room in a writer's room like just be in the corner watch that happen just see them take bits too far just like throw things out there just improv like I, I want to see that process so I think that I think I'm I'm interested in just being involved in the process anyway that I'm allowed to be or can be yeah you you like you need your own a24 project of, oh god of some <laughs> sorts. they are my favorite production company I'm they they're really setting the standard for for what a production company should be in this day and age especially with with how they've complied with every single request that SAG-AFTRA and, mm-hmm. and the Writers Guild has has requested so that they can continue making films because that's what's important because the writers and the actors are not asking for a lot, <laughs> nor the stunt people. No no one is asking for something unreasonable. They're asking for for the industry to be modernized because everyone else is benefit, benefiting from it. Agreed. You said you have a top 10, three of which were Nolans. Yeah. Let's go for your top 10 and all. What's your top 10? Is that something that you hoard also? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not getting my top 10 then. No, no, no. I don't hoard. I, I'm I'm open. Oh, it's I'm, open? Okay. What's yours? Okay. Um, if we could start from the beginning, my first movie I was obsessed with was The Lost Boys. Um, made me want to be a goth vampire. Then, still stands. Um, <laughs> Paris, Texas. Oh. She Sarah suggested that to me recently and it instantly went up my list. That film is so beautiful. So thank you for that. Favorite movie. Yeah, that's my perfect mix of American independent cinema and European sensibilities. Sensibilities. And then the Peter Bogdanovich movie, Veil Loft, which is criminally underseen. Prototype Wes Anderson movie is how I how I pitch it. Uh, the Brian De Palma movie, Blowout, Ben, how we got? That's five. Then I kind of get to kind of basics that Goodfellas I can watch oh. 24-7. I got to throw in like a teen movie. I like Pretty in Pink for John Hughes movie. That's your, that's your rom-com choice? I feel, I feel judged. Um, maybe. I don't know. I like that. I love Devil Wears Prada. Oh. It is a good one. Um... Maybe Larry Clark's Bully. Throw maybe? in an animation. I struggle with animation. Really? Like even Pixar? Pixar tugs at everyone's heartstrings. I'm kind of dead inside. I, I don't know I how see I... that. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, Pick a sad one then. There's plenty about death. No, because I, I used to be obsessed with anime. Then I did a long two essays on anime at university and it kind of took the joy out of anime. From, I, I, I just relate it. It just brings me back PTSD to... Being up at 4 a.m. and worrying about grades and oh my god things like that. So I wrote one on Studio Ghibli versus no Prince 
Spirit Away versus Akira. That's cool. And then I just overthought it, overanalyzed it, watched them too much. And I'm kind of, it reminds me of student life and yeah, saving my essay every two minutes in case something crashes and things like this. How many are we at? Um, Let me, I'm just going to jump onto my letterbox and I can do a quick. Yeah, I was impressed you were doing it from memory. I thought you were just pulling random ones from thin air. No, I did that, that, that. I also oh, have my oh, top oh, 10 on letterbox. Oh, the dreamers with the the best movie about people watching movies. I really like, um, I'm obsessed with the Emma Roberts movie, Nerve. I think that's one of the coolest movies ever. That's so good. After Hours, the Scorsese movie from the 80s. That's the most stressful movie I've ever seen. Stressful? Stress. That's the most stressful Scorsese movie? Oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah. This is like, okay. this This makes Uncut Gems look like you got mail in terms of, <laughs> in ter- in, in terms of stress. I wasn't that stressed during Uncut. I've been stressed in plenty of other movies more than Uncut Gems. That's not what I would put at the highest of like stress levels. Yeah. And I can't give you an anime. I can't give you an animation. I watched Bob's Burgers. That's my comfort show. Okay. That's a great I, show. Yeah. So I could put Bo- Bob's Burgers if I had to pick an animation. Oh, Perfect Blue is really good, but that's really traumatizing. Oh my God. Perfect Blue is... Okay. I've said enough. Hit me. I, I'm going to... That was 10? That's about 10. Okay. Yeah. M- mine is Train Spotting. Yeah. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Spirited Away. Okay. I saw that at the film festival, but I went to the wrong screening and it didn't have subtitles. Oh, fuck. I was very confused. (laughs) To be fair, I feel like that's a film that you can just sit there and absorb the visuals. And and like it, do you, I I, I could watch it mute. Yeah. But the music, I wouldn't want to watch it on mute. Amelie, I love that film. I, I feel so connected to her. Interstellar, Moulin Rouge, Lahaine. Lahaine is amazing. Lahaine is incredible. I've, yeah. Capernaum, which is, have you heard of that one? No. It's a movie about a little Lebanese boy who decides to emancipate from his parents because they're neglectful. And it was just so beautifully made and so heartbreaking and such a raw depiction of of what what it's like for a lot of children living in border towns and refugee camps in on the, on the border of Syria and Lebanon. Um, and it was actually nominated for for an oscar and i was very 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 proud to see them to what see year them was this? That. this was very recently like maybe 2000 i can see what year it was done 2018 okay um absolutely incredible highly recommend it um uh batman begins and inside out the pixar movie the pixar okay movie. yeah that one ripped that's about children with depression that's right up your alley okay <laughs> it's literally about a child with depression and their emotions on the inside trying to like pull them out of it it's so i cannot believe pixar made that movie it is heartbreaking it's so beautiful oh this is the one where they're controlling her feelings yeah and then they have her. the poor memories that are like glowing glass orbs and as soon as the depression starts taking over more you lose more of those core memories that make you happy and it's gonna cry i'm gonna cry just thinking about it was that your 10 that's that's 10 yeah okay i'm gonna cry as a good line to end on for a pod unless (laughs) i got i gotta go have a cry now okay this has been so much fun this has been great thank you for thank you for having me on here my pleasure
that was me and the wonderful Mia Khalifa. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Joshua Eustace, a.k.a. Telephone Tel Aviv, for my beautiful music. And you guys for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The pods will always be free. But the bigger the pod gets, the bigger the guests get, everyone wins. Okay, thanks for listening, and we'll speak soon.